So welcome. It's wonderful to be here and to see you all. And I feel like I have to explain my costume. <laughs> so I'm going for the Harry Potter wizarding world today. And there's a reason for that. You see, one of the defining themes of all of the Harry Potter books is that Harry Potter is only as strong as his friends. Harry's not a particularly skilled wizard, if we're being honest. That's Hermione Granger is the really skilled wizard in the books. But he's powerful because he cultivates strong friendships. And he works together with not just his close group of friends, but everyone at Hogwarts to battle what they see in that moment as evil. Evil that is causing separation. Really, it's separation that he's battling. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. On July 20th, 1969, at 7.56 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, humanity took one small step toward a giant leap in human cooperation. Astronaut Neil Armstrong became the first human ever to walk on another celestial body, our moon. Which if you were driving here today from uh, the east side of town, you saw that gigantic moon, didn't you? And shortly after, Buzz Aldrin became the second person to step on the moon, and both became part of history, having participated in one of the most challenging feats humanity has ever attempted. I can't even begin to tell you how maddeningly, challengingly, frustratingly hard it is to send a human being into space. And that's just space. Now take that and multiply it by a hundred, a thousand times, and that's how hard it is to send a human being to the moon. We all remember Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. But did you know that it took approximately 400,000 people to make that happen? Each and every one of those people had to be on their A-game for just those three people to find their way successfully to the moon and back again. And I say three people because let's not forget that astronaut Michael Collins was equally important. He was the command module pilot of the mission. And Neil and Buzz wouldn't have gotten there if it wasn't for Michael, but we don't remember him as much because he didn't actually get to set foot on the moon. He was the bus driver. <laughs> but they were able to travel 240,000 miles away from our planet Earth and came back again because of all of those people working together. Now, when I feel myself weighed down by what seems like an endless cycle of ever more depressing news in the world, I remember this feat of human cooperation in fact, I would argue that despite all of our wars, all of our violence, humanity's claim to fame isn't how well we fight with each other, but rather what we've been able to accomplish when we work together. And I would argue that 
we've been working together for far longer and far more often than we've been at war with one another. I think that we remember the wars more than our achievements and our cooperation because war is horrible. War should never happen. To me, war is a failure to recognize the basic shared humanity that's fundamental to us all. We must never forget the human price that is paid whenever war and violence rears its ugly head because our founder, Ernest Holmes, teaches that humanity has learned all that it can from suffering. I often wonder at which point that truth will sink in for us and we'll be able to live the peace that he knew was possible. So when I find myself struggling with the violence and the hatred that I see in the world, and if I'm honest, the violence and the hatred that I sometimes see in myself, what I know is that at the core of every human being is the potential for not just peace, but deep and profound relationship. Our species is wired for relationships, from our families to our friends to whole societies. One of the really interesting and fascinating traits about humanity is that we build communities. And these communities started as nomadic tribes, and they evolved over millennia to include villages and towns and cities and whole countries. In fact, we could call the whole world a community at this point with the advent of the internet connecting us all to each other despite the long distances. Over all this time, we've been able to learn new ways of communicating with each other, new ways of understanding one another and accepting our differences while combining our similarities toward common goals like the Apollo 11 mission. In fact, today, despite the cold rhetoric between the United States and Russia, both of our countries support the International Space Station, along with many other countries. This space station is the result of ongoing scientific and engineering collaboration between 15 countries all around the world. Now, I couldn't find just how many people have to work towards making that happen, but I think if it took 400,000 people to make Apollo 11 happen, I suspect there's an equally incredible number that helped the ISS be what it is. So at this point in our message today, you might be wondering, Russ, why are you focusing so much on space right now? <laughs> what does that have to do with all of the wild and crazy things that I see in the world today? Well, it's no secret that I'm a nerd, so that's part of it. <laughs> But there's also a deeper reason why I am drawn to space when I am faced with the challenges of the world, and that's because space has proven itself to have this unique ability to draw humanity together, to erase our perceived ideas of borders and separation. You see, in space, we're all human, 
regardless of our past, regardless of what country we come from, what our culture is, our skin color, our gender. Astronauts and cosmonauts over the years have spoken about the emotional impact that they feel when they view our planet Earth from orbit. And this effect has been studied, believe it or not, and it's known as the overview effect, a term that was coined by researcher Frank White. And what it details is this sense of awe and transcendence that is felt when one views our planet from above. Here's the thing. When we look at Earth from that perspective, there aren't any borders. All we see is one Earth. I had an opportunity recently with the increasing advances in virtual reality technology, like I mentioned, I'm a nerd, um, to experience this myself. Now, the odds of me ever getting to go to space are pretty slim, but you know, if you know a billionaire who's willing to fund my ride, I'm happy to jump on that rocket. <laughs> but thankfully, a couple of years ago, an astronaut had the foresight to take a 360-degree stereoscopic camera and mount it outside of the International Space Station. And I watched that video. And in this video, I was able to have this three-dimensional view of what it's like to hang outside of the ISS, looking down at Earth as it was being orbited, flying at thousands of miles an hour. Even though I wasn't actually there, it was real enough that by the end of that movie, I could feel the tears welling in my eyes at the beauty of our world, at the oneness of this planet. Now, I've been feeling pretty isolated up until that moment because of the sadness I was feeling about the current events in the world right now. And having that opportunity to witness something truly bigger than myself, something bigger than my ideas about humanity, well, that was unforgettable. Now, unfortunately, I don't have VR goggles to share with everyone today, so you can experience this. But I'd like to share a glimpse with you now in the hopes that perhaps a little glimmer of what I was able to experience, that feeling of oneness, makes itself known in you. And I have some photos, and this first photo is of the international or of the planet Earth seen from the International Space Station looking over the Bahamas. And then our second photo, also taken from the ISS, shows the beauty, the artistry of clouds that are gracefully hovering over our world. And then our third image from the ISS shows the pinpricks of light from all of the cities and towns of our planet wrapped in glowing aurora created by our planet's magnetic field. This thin field that protects us from the harsh radiation of the sun. And then this next image from the ISS shows us even more cities lit up at night. And when I look at this, it's almost as though 
our world is glowing in this giant pool of darkness. And then our last image. This one is older than all of the rest. It was taken by astronaut William Anders on the Apollo 8 mission as his module orbited the moon. And when I look at this image, I feel awe and wonder at this place that has been our shelter and cradle for millions of years. When I zoom out and I see Earth like this, I see more cooperation than conflict. Because after all, if it was only conflict, I don't think we would have made it as far as we have. So when it sometimes seems as though our world is constantly battling itself through violence and hatred, images and experiences like these help me to find my way back home. I have to make a spiritual practice of it because if I didn't, I think I would be lost in my own confusion and sadness and anger. And I find it equally helpful to focus my attention right back here, home, on this firm ground that we were just able to view from thousands of miles away. Dr. Edward mentioned this month that next year is our center's 70th anniversary. And I invite you to consider just how many hearts and hands worked together to help our own expression of earnest science of mind teaching to take form here in Santa Rosa and so far beyond our walls. Our center has evolved from a small gathering on Clark Street to this beautiful building that we're sitting in today that you're watching online. And it didn't form from just one vision. Rather, it formed from our collective vision of a place where we can explore consciousness, where we can grow in community, where we can come together in service to ourselves and to others. Take a moment now, if you like, you can close your eyes to do this and imagine the thousands of people over the last 70 years who all helped this place become what it is today. That's something else, isn't it? Now, do you think that our center was free from conflict over those 70 years? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but our common vision transcended any differences that we might have had with one another. And because of that, our center endures. Even after a long pandemic that closed the doors of so many of our peer communities, we are still here. We are still here because of you, and because of me, and because of all of those who know that when we work together toward a common cause, we are able to create something so much more than we could all on our own. 
And that's my invitation for all of us today, the spiritual practice that I encourage us to embody when the world shows us its ugliness and its pain, that we are able to find within that common vision, that inner call toward a better way of being, a way of being that expresses and honors both our beautiful humanity and our brilliant spirituality. For me, the way forward makes itself known in each and every relationship that I cultivate in our community. The older I get, the more power I find in relationships. Because for me, the very idea of of relationship is a reflection of that spiritual oneness that I know is at the core of my being. In fact, I don't believe that oneness can truly be experienced unless it is in relationship with others. After all, aren't we all God meeting God? I believe that each time I am able to open my heart to understand another, to forgive my perceived trespasses, to embrace our shared humanity while also honoring the diverse and beautiful differences that I see. I'm able to express the divine in our world just a little bit more. Now, (laughs) this is where it gets real. Just so you know, it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah, relationships are hard. And, well, I'm an introvert. Dag nabbit. (laughs) I can be a bit of a curmudgeon. I like my alone time. I like to sit around my apartment and contemplate life, the universe, and everything. I enjoy a nice, quiet night all alone, reading a good book. I enjoy hiking all by myself, deep in the wilderness. If I'm being really honest, sometimes I just can't do people. (laughs) It feels safe to be alone. Despite my predisposition, I am still drawn to this place. Because I know that nothing helps me grow and evolve more than being able to be in relationship with others. Nothing reflects back to me the way I am in the world than sharing time with you, with my friends. Nothing better shows me my faults as well as my strengths than working toward this world that works for everyone, side by side with each of you. And just as we've been hearing from each of our giving intention testimonial videos that we heard from Chris Kelly today, well, being in relationship with you here at our center has helped me to become a better person. Now, we read our center's mission at the start of service today, that we're working toward creating a world that works for everyone. I believe this is a mission that takes a lifetime because it invites me to consider just how much I am helping to make a world that works for everyone each day I'm on this planet. And what it teaches me that th- is that this is not a task where I'm going to make it past some goalposts and then I'll be done. I have to do it every single day. 
one of the core teachings of the science of mind is that we're probably not going to be able to make a positive difference in the world until we first make a positive change to our own consciousness. That's why I'm so grateful for this place, for our center, because that's what we do here. We share the spiritual tools, the community, the human relationships that can lead to our consciousness growing and expanding and evolving into a way of being that tears down barriers, that heals ideas of separation and empowers each of us to grow, not just in our relationships with the spirit within us, but the spirit within us all. Here I've learned to look at the problems of the world through spiritual eyes and to seek solutions that empower the whole and not just the few. Knowing this invites me to consider where in my own consciousness I might still be holding on to resentment, to fear, to hopelessness. And knowing that our center is here, supporting my evolution, supporting your evolution, makes it all the easier for me to let go of my resentment, let go of that fear, to let go of that hopelessness in favor of love and joy and peace. The love and the joy and the peace that I know is expressed every single time we open our doors for the world. In 1926, our founder, Ernest Holmes, took his own moonshot by publishing the Science of Mind textbook for all the world to see. And within that one seed that he planted was this radical idea, an idea that our world can indeed work for everyone. And that seed germinated and it grew through the loving and heart-centered collaboration of thousands and thousands of people over almost a century of growth and learning. We are part of that. And he says in his chapter that's got the single heading of unity in the Science of Mind textbook this. Within this infinite mind, each individual exists not as a separate head, but as a separate entity. We are a point of universal consciousness, which is God, and God is our life, spirit, mind, and intelligence. We are not separated from life, neither is it separated from us, but we are separate entities in it individualized centers of God consciousness. We came from life and are in life, so we are one with life. And we know that instinctive life within, which has brought us to the point of self-recognition, still knows in us the reason for all things, the purpose underlying all things. And we know There is nothing in us of fear, doubt, or confusion which can hinder the flow of reality to the point of our recognition. We are guided daily by a divine intelligence into paths of peace. 
wherein the soul recognizes its source and meets it in joyful union, in complete at one meant. So I know that each person who contemplates this teaching is contemplating the contents of their own spiritual heart. And in so doing is helping to water and fertilize the soil. Soil. Soul and soil, I suppose. <laughs> of an interconnected earth that is for us all. This is the genius of the and. That word and invites us to consider just what amazing and beautiful things that we can do when we work together as one. And so I invite each of us to hold that sacred and within our hearts for our center and our community and beyond as we take this into prayer. And so I know, I know that there is only that one life, that one presence, that one power that is the very source of everything. I know that it is peace, it is love, it is wholeness. I know that its nature is one. And knowing that this divine one is ever-present, I am that. Each of us here are that. We are that love, that life, that joy, that wholeness, that peace, that goodness, that is the very foundation of reality itself. I know that these qualities of that divine one reside within us, and they are infinite. And so knowing this, it's easy for me to declare that there is that infinite life expressing itself through each of us now. I know that as all of us come together to make this community even more than it was the day before, that we are expressing more of that divine one through our actions, through our thoughts, through our words, through our support, I know that we are the goodness of that divine one expanding and growing and becoming more of itself because there is no limit to that which is infinite. And so I invite us all to open our hearts and to channel even more of that love, of that good, of that peace in relationship with one another. Knowing that even though we may see differences in the world, we may share differences with one another, that nevertheless there is this common humanity at the core of our soul that binds us together and that reminds us of the beautiful works that we can create together when we are of one mind, of one heart. And so I invite that divine collaboration forth. Knowing that as next year we celebrate our 70th anniversary, I look forward to that day 70 years from now when someone else is celebrating a 140th year anniversary. 
I know that through our powerful, collective love for one another, that this center endures. And that is good. And so I am grateful for this. And with my gratitude, I release this word into the action of that law that says, yes, my beloved's yes. And I invite us all to say together, and so it is.